I want to talk to you about the fan, all right? I want to talk to you about the fan. Okay, we're done. You're, you can take a break. <laughs> Debbie, <laughs> if she keeps playing, I'll just give you an altar call. Will you let Debbie know you appreciate her? Amen. Um, the word fan comes, we get it from the word fanatic. And um, it means a person who is filled with or expresses excess, excessive zeal. Easy for me to say. So someone who is zealous, someone who is enthusiastic, someone who just expresses all of those things for who they are rooting for or what they are rooting for. So it is a enthusiastic, devoted follower. That's what a fan is. And the interesting thing about this is Jesus uh, used this term follow me or follower a lot in the Bible. As a matter of fact, there are 58 references in the New Testament alone where you hear these words, follow me or follow Christ. So 58 different references of following Christ. Probably something that's very familiar to us is found in Matthew 16 and 24, this great passage of scripture where the Bible says, Jesus said to, notice who he's talking to. Jesus said to his disciples, all right, those who are already believing in him. He said, if anyone, if anyone wishes to come after me or to follow me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I believe that if Jesus was here today and if he was talking about following him, he might use the word fan today because he might say, I'm asking you to follow me, but I'm not just asking you to follow me just any old way that you choose to follow me. He might be saying, I want you to become an enthusiastic, devoted, faithful, committed follower of me. That might be what he would say to us today. Do you realize that every single one of us um, is a fan of something or someone? I don't care who you are. I don't care. As, lo as long as you're breathing, you are a fan of something or someone. There's something that excites you. There's something that gets your blood boiling or going. There's something that gets your juices flowing. There's something in your life that when you hear it, it's like a trigger. Just you kind of stand up and you're like, yeah, I like that. I want to be a part of that. Or yeah, you're talking my language right now. And so every one of us have that on the inside of us where you find something or someone that you are very zealous about. So you might also interject the word passion here, something that you are very passionate about, right? Like I'm very passionate about pizza. I'm not a follower of pizza, but I'm passionate of it. Right? Okay. Okay. Never mind. They tricked me. I walked in the back where we're going to have a, uh, some food and just hang out here in a little bit. And there were two boxes of pizza. And I'm like, yes, the bre breakfast of champions. And they said, well, those were left over from last night. We're going to throw them away. And that's like, hey, I've had leftover pizza. I can handle that too. Amen. But passionate about something. There's something in our life that we are passionate about. Here's the interesting thing about being a fan. Aren't you thankful our fans are up here today? Hey, guys, how you doing? 
Um, here's something interesting about being a fan is no one has to teach you how to be a fan. Nobody has to teach you how to cheer because if you are a real fan, like if you are a real fan, when your team does something great or your team does something good, what do you do? I like that. What do you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah you cheer. You kind of celebrate. And so, so like when your team scores a touchdown, right? When your team scores a touchdown, what do you do? All right, let me, let, me, let, me, let me help you out here. Shannon's going to help me out here. This is it. Game on the line. The Killer Bees with just one last chance to tie the ball game. This is it, John. Kelly, the snap. She wants to run. Oh, she breaks the tackle. Keep now going. throws it up in the air. It's a completion to DeAndra. You're still up. You're still up. teach her that. In case you're wondering, that's our daughter. How many watched her on Monday night? Anybody see her on the, yeah. Listen to me. I just want this out here because I don't want anybody talking about me. That's the first time and the last time I'll ever watch The Bachelor. It ain't going to happen. It's just not going to happen, right? And so, you know, the, the immediate reaction as they scored was touchdown, right? So nobody has to teach you that. It, it's just in you. And when something that you're passionate about, you become very vocal or verbal or you, you express yourself when, when you're following, when you're a fan of something. And so here's the first point. Real fans are emotional. Can I get an amen right there? Real fans are emotional, right? This is why some of you can't stay in the same room with a real fan. You know, what's funny is like, Jamie's like, they can't hear you. It's like, what are you doing? I can't believe, they can't hear you. Uh, it makes me feel better. And here's the interesting thing. Here's, the, and, and some of you, Morgan and Brittany, you can help me with this because um, she's becoming more and more of a fan. I've noticed this. And so, so I'm talking about Jamie, my wife. So she'll be like, I can't believe you just did that. Oh, okay, who's the fan now? <laughs> you know, touchdown, all right, yeah, yeah. So you just get pulled into it, and you're emotional. Your emotions just begin to come out. And that's why, that's why you hear, and that's why you see certain expressions. You hear screams of disappointment. You hear people saying, yes, touchdown, yeah, way to go, all of those things, because we are emotional beings. Some might, someone might be sitting here, oh, I'm not emotional. Let me drop a bowling ball on your toe right now. Let's just see if you're emotional or not, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just maybe, just maybe say that you are, right? And so that's part of being a fan. It's just being emotional, being a part of it. Um, now, I know we're talking about pro sports today. We're talking about Super Bowl today. But uh, let me just talk about college for a minute. Because every college team has uh, a fight song. Every college team has a fight song. So I'm going to play a couple of them, and we'll see who's really a fan here today, all right? Are you ready for the first one? Let's listen to the first one. Anybody know it? 
right, give me the next one. song. How many of you know we are a team? We are the body of Christ. We are a team. How many of you know we have fight songs as well? We call it worship. We call it praise, right? When you and I enter into praise and when we enter into worship, we are declaring the goodness of God. We are declaring the faithfulness of God. We are declaring that our God reigns, right? Let the earth rejoice. Let the people be glad. Why? Because our God reigns, right? We're singing and we're declaring and we're talking about the goodness and the greatness of our God. Whether you realize it or not, we are in a fight. We are in a battle. But here's the, here's the key to that. We're not fighting for victory. We are fighting from a place of victory. Our king won, right? We are victorious. So we're fighting from a place of victory. And so really what you're fighting for, when you find yourself going through things, you're really fighting for your faith. Everyone say faith. faith. Come on, say it like you've had some coffee. Faith. You're fighting for your faith. Because whether you realize it or not, the devil's not after your car. He doesn't need your car. The devil doesn't want your house. He's not after your money. He's not after your health. He's not after your job. You know what he's after? The devil is after your faith. Because if he can get your faith, he'll get you. If he can get your faith, he'll cause you to lose your victory. And so when you and I enter into worship, it is a testament of our faith. We are declaring, we are proclaiming, we are, we are making statements that we are victorious and there's nothing that the adversary can bring our way that's going to shake our faith. Amen? Not going to happen. So praise and worship is a part of a celebratory time where we're celebrating what God has done and what God is going to do. But if you've lost your faith, then you've lost your victory. And it's hard to praise God when you don't have victory. It's really hard. Um, uh, uh, the Babylonians in Psalm 137, they asked Israel because uh, Israel was known to, for their praise songs. They were known for their joyous worship. And in Psalm 137, they asked Israel, sing us a song. Verse 4 says this, Israel responded, how can we sing? Yet our captors and our tormentors demand that we sing for them the happy songs of Zion. They were known for joyful worship, but the enemy had them captive. And whenever the enemy takes us captive, he's taking us captive to get our faith and he's getting, taking us captive to shut our voice. But how many of you know we're not about to sit down and we're not about to shut up because we are fighting from victory? 
history. This is what Job found out. Job said, you can take my wealth, you can take my health, you can take my possessions, but you can't have my faith. He said, I'm not going to lose my faith. And in the middle of Job's greatest pain, because I realize that we, we, we experience life. There are setbacks, there are struggles, there are disappointments, there are heartaches. There's pain in this thing called life. And so we're not always up here. I understand that there are things that go on in our life that try to rob us of our joy and rob us of our victory. But in his greatest pain, the Bible lets us know that Job continued to praise the Lord. As a matter of fact, Job 121 says this, the name of the Lord is to be praised. He said, I came into this world with nothing. The only thing that I'm taking with me is my faith and God's name is to be praised. No matter if I'm on the mountaintop or if I'm in the valley, no matter if I have the check or I don't have the check, if my health is okay, if it's not okay, his name is great and greatly to be praised, right? Real fans are emotional and real fans know how to praise their God. This is the interesting thing about Job and his test and his trial. He never lost his faith and he never lost his praise. And after his faith had been tried, and the Bible said that he came forth like gold being refined, this is what the Bible said, that God gave him double for all of his trouble. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I just want to prophesy over somebody right now and let you know all the trouble you've been going through, all the heartache you've experienced, all the loss you've suffered in your life, God is about to reverse it and you're about to experience double for all of your trouble. If that's me, just, just come on. Say, that's me, Pastor. I receive that in Jesus' name. I receive that. Can I tell you something you will never, ever hear Jimmy Haslam say? He's the coach of the Browns. Super Bowl champs. I mean, he's the owner. I'm sorry. Thank you. Well, I think he might be the coach, too. <laughs> No, no, I hope, I hope we hear him say that one day. By the way, some of you ask me, why do you have that Green Bay jersey on, Pastor? Why aren't you representing the Browns? Uh, because Clay Matthews, Clay Matthews Jr., come on, I'm going old school on you today. Some of you don't like Clay Matthews, who's that, right? Just Google it. When you, he just got in the Hall of Fame, right? Right, okay, all right, I'm rolling now. Um, you know... I guarantee you one of the things you'll never hear Jimmy Haslam say is this. You know what? Our fans, they're just too emotional. Our fans, they're just too radical. As a matter of fact, our fans are way too loud. You're never going to hear him say that. Um, you're never going to hear him say, you know, our fans just need to tone it down a little bit. Just need to be quiet in here in the stadium. Uh, we just really need our fans to just come here and sit on, sit on their hands and, you know, just be quiet. How many of you know that's not going to happen? Let me go on this side. How many of you know that's not going to happen? So how many of you know we're not going to come in here and sit on our hands? We're not going to come in here and be quiet. We're not going to come in here and not give him something. We're supposed to offer up our bodies as a living sacrifice of praise unto God, right? And we are emotional, so we're going to clap, we're going to shout, we're going to cry. Some of us are going to try to dance, and we're not going to do it very well, but some of us are going to try to do that. But we're going to express our gratitude towards God. Come on, church. 
We're going to express our gratitude towards God. Why? Because real fans are emotional. There's a, a psalm in Psalm 47. It's really a psalm about celebrating a great victory. We're talking about celebrating. Many think it was Jehoshaphat, uh, the victory that he brought to Israel. Uh, prophetically, it's actually speaking of Christ and his victory one day um, as obviously he comes back and reigns and rules on the earth. But listen to what, listen to what the psalmist says. He says, come, everyone, not just someone, but everyone, clap for joy. <laughs> Shout triumphant praises to the Lord. Now, who's he asking to do that? Everyone, everyone who's a part of the team and the kingdom of God. Come on, let's just take a 30-second praise break, clap our hands, shout with the voice of triumph, and give God some praise. I'm trying to break something off some of you and let you know greater is he that's in you than he that is in this world. And the devil can't have your praise, and he can't have your faith, and he can't have your joy. Shout yes if you believe it here today. Well, pastor, it don't take all of that. Well, I don't know about you. <laughs> Jeremy just loves to help me preach, doesn't he? We love you, Jeremy. <laughs> now everybody wants to know who Jeremy is. Wave your hand, Jeremy. There he is. <laughs> so let's be passionate. If we're going to be fans, let's be passionate. Is that all right? Number two, are you ready for this? Real fans gather in groups. Real fans gather in groups. Um, they're relational. Fan, we have something in common. And so fans are relational. As a matter of fact, next week I'm going to start a new series on relationship goals. And all of us should have them. Not just talking about marriage relationship. I'm talking about different relationships that we have in our life. But I will speak on that as well. So you want to come back, you want to be a part of that as we begin to talk about relationships. You were designed, you were created, you were made for relationships, all right? And so we're going to talk about that next week. But real fans, real fans gather in groups. Um, they, they don't call it groups. Uh, you'll see it on Sunday. Um, they tailgate. Okay. Any tailgaters in the house? A couple of you. You don't want to admit that, but go ahead. That's all right. These tailgate parties, right? And so they gather with, with complete perfect strangers, right? And then over, over the season, they begin to develop a relationship with them. And so, so they just hang out with each other. And they, they do life a little bit with each other. That's what groups is about. Somebody's like, I can't join a group. I don't know those people. Well, duh, that's the whole reason to join the group. <laughs> well, one of the reasons, I should say so that you can get to know one another. You and I are not going to develop this type of relationship in this setting. It's not designed for it. This setting right here is designed for this relationship between us and God. Groups is designed for us to connect with each other. So yeah, there might be some people you don't know, but I guarantee you if you'll connect with that group, by the time that group is over, you will begin to 
to identify and you'll begin to develop relationships with those people. Have you ever noticed something about, about, um, about these groups or these tailgaters? Uh, you can be a complete stranger and walk by and they're like, hey, come on, join us. You know, even if you're on the opposite team. Now, you could get razzed a little bit, but they're going to they're gonna welcome you in that, right? They're going to let you be a part of it. Here's a hot dog. You know, here's a seat. Come on, just join us. Sit down, and let's just continue to celebrate, right? Even the Browns have backers all over America. Any Browns fans? I see a couple of you out here. Yeah, there we are. They just gather, like they gather on Sundays. They gather in groups, right? And so, so we want to be, and you heard me talk about this last week. If you're going to be a part of a team, you, got, you have to be connected. You have to be connected to one another, right? As a matter of fact, I want to introduce our, uh, our um, group's team to you right now. So if you'll look at the screen, I'll be right back in a moment. Teresa Chapman, Cards for Soldiers. Robin Powers, Paw, Prayer Always Works. Diane Mulkey, Nancy Arts, Girl, Girl Time Breakfast. Breakfast. Sam Caspio, Men's Only. John Hayes, Colossians Bible Study, Be Complete. Diane Mulkey, First Friday Fishes and Loaves and Homeless Outreach. I'm Judge Schiffler, Monday Morning Men's Breakfast. Tara and Josh, Grace Bible Study. I'm Linda Rusnak, and I do intercessory prayer. Hi, uh, I'm Tom, and uh, this is Barb Renninger, and our group is Renewing Your Mind. Tara Vincent, Taste and See. Stacy Alsen's Bad Girls of the Bible and what we can learn from them. Michelle Brown and Called to Shout. Roger Moore, Amazing Grace. Jim Collins, Praise the Lord and Past Ammunition. Elizabeth Green, Girls Night Out. Tanon Bard and Women's Prison Ministry. Sarah Bidlack, Cardinal Closet. Nicole Riera, Sidetracked. And I'm Barb, as Tom said, and um, we're doing Hour of Power. Mabel Mankus, Networking for God. Marisa Ayers, Free to Be Me. I'm Brenda Cerruti, Bare Bones of the Bible. Nate Ferris, The LP Students. <laughs> Come on, let's give it up for our group leaders. <laughs> Way to go, guys. Way to go. Way to go. So today, right after service, as we exit, and they'll give you, they'll explain that in a moment. Um, going to have an opportunity to sign up for groups. You can also go online and sign up. You're going to be able to do that next week as well. And we're going to be onboarding new groups throughout the year. So we want you to encourage you to be a part of our groups. And uh, we're excited about what God's going to do. Rob and Kristen Kozart, wave at us. There's Kristen in the back. Rob's right here. They're our group directors. So we're going to have an awesome, awesome season of groups. Amen. Are you ready for number three? Are you ready? Come on, I got to hurry. Are you ready for number three? Number three is simply this. Real fans financially support their teams. Oh, just killed everybody's joy. Man, I was doing good until I got to this point right here. Real fans financially support their team. You know what? You'll never hear a real fan saying, you'll never hear a real fan saying, all they want is my money. <clears throat> I want you to think about this. Every person who gathers in 
stadiums, um, they had to pay for that seat. Now, maybe someone gave them a ticket. Maybe they did, but someone paid for that seat, right? They're not giving them out free. They're not doing that, right? They're not there to give you free seats. They're not there to do that. So every person, you also have to realize that uh, they have to buy their food, right? In other words, you don't get food with your ticket. Now, there are some, some cases where you're going to pay for it anyway, but you can have that. But your food is not included. Beverages are not included in your tickets, right? And how many of you know they are extremely overpriced? Has anybody been to a stadium lately? How many of you know they're extremely overpriced, right? I've never been in line and someone ordered two hot dogs, two nachos, two Cokes, and it comes to $82.50, and hear that person say, all they want is my money. <laughs> That's never happened. By the way, the hot dogs today are free. The nachos are free. The pop is free. The water is free. The cupcakes, and they're looking awesome back there, are free. Everything <laughs> is free, right? People have dedicated themselves through tithe and offering, dedicated themselves to serve and to be here to help that happen. And so, so it's all free today, right? It's all free. So also, do you realize that when you purchase that ticket, that does not include your parking? Could you imagine, are you all still with me or did, did I lose you? I promise I'm, I'm, I'm two and a half hours away from being done. Do you realize that, that when you purchase that ticket, in some cases, I understand it, but for the most part, that does not include your parking. So you're going to pay anywhere at, at Cleveland from $10 to $50 to park. Now, if you want to park 27 blocks away, you can pay $10. Okay? Could you imagine if you pulled in our parking lot this morning and our parking team said, hey, uh, 10 bucks and you got to park around back. If you want the front row, it's going to cost you $50. You know what would be? You'd be cussing out our parking lot team. You'd be throwing it up and God getting out of there. All they want is my money. Right? Nate was telling me, Nate used to live, him and Melissa used to live in, in Dallas and they went to a uh, Cowboys game. Do you know how much it costs to park in the parking lot at Texas Stadium? Are you ready for this? $150. And they fill it up every home game. One, if you drive into that parking lot, it's going to cost you $150. Real fans financially support their teams. And can I just tell you something on a more serious note? Can I just tell you that the future of our families, the future of our children, our marriages, and our spiritual well-being are not found in the stadiums across America? They're not found in the stadiums on Sunday across America. But you know where they're going to be found? Right here in local churches. All across America. The future is in the local churches. Right? You're not going to go to the Browns game next week and they're going to help your marriage. It's going to hurt some of you, I'm telling you right now. 
or how we can help and how we can help your children. It's not going to happen, but it does in the local church. And I said all that to say this, how much more then should we resource the local church with our financial support that we can reach more people to become followers, fans of Jesus Christ. One life at a time. I'm going to get off of that, but real fans do what? Support. Let's skip four and go to five. Are you ready for this one? Real fans are loyal. You will never, ever see a diehard Browns fan become a Steelers fan. As a matter of fact, that's a swear word to Browns fans. It's just not going to happen. Right? Why? Because they're committed. They're loyal. Um, real fans are loyal, thick and thin. Ups, downs, losing seasons. Losing seasons. 19 losing seasons. In my notes, I have winning seasons, but it's not, I can't even say it right now. Hey, look, I'm looking at a real fan right here. Norm has been a season ticket holder at, for the Cleveland Browns for 47 years. <laughs> He's slumping down in his seat. <laughs> He's like, I can't believe I've been supporting this team for 47 years. But you know what? His father took him to the last championship game the Browns were in, 1964. Yeah. And he got hooked, and he's been waiting 60 years for another one. And every year, when he thinks he's out, they pull him back in. Ain't that right, Norm? That's faith. Amen. Hold on. It's coming, brother. It's coming. Every year, Norm's talking to me. He's like, I don't think I'm going to renew my tickets this year. I don't think I'm going to do it. Every year he renews his tickets. <laughs> their loyalty is shown in their devotion, right? They come early, they stay late. They support their teams in all kinds of weather. Look at this picture right here. Some of you may know. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody scared right now? <laughs> I know him. <laughs> this picture was taken, it's 1967. It's in Green Bay. It was part of what's known as the Ice Bowl between the Green Bay Packers and the Dallas Cowboys. It was, it was the um, NFC Championship. The winner would participate in the first Super Bowl. By the way, it was Green Bay and Kansas City right here. <laughs> 35 to what? 10. Okay, it's not a trivia question. But here's what I want you to see about this picture right here. It's the, it's the coldest game ever recorded in NFL history. Not wind chill. Temperature was 13 below zero at kickoff. 13 below. There wasn't an empty seat in the stadium. Players... Frostbit, toes, fingers. 13 below, there wasn't an empty seat in the stadium. A 
couple snowflakes. Hey, I can't go to church today. Uh-oh. Well, it's supposed to rain. We better stay home. <laughs> I got you now. You ain't going nowhere. I'm holding the key right now. But real fans are loyal. They can thin. And I, have, I, I can't hold that against you because when we had that snow a couple of weeks ago, you guys showed up, right? Give yourselves a hand. You really did. You showed up. But listen to me. They sat in cramped seating, right? Sitting on, sitting on top of each other. I mean, you get to know the people around you eventually, but for the most part, strangers. And overpriced food, overpriced tickets, overpriced parking to watch 22 men fight over a pigskin that's been filled with air. And I'm a huge fan, just, I am. All right, I'm a huge fan, so. But here, and I don't have a problem with it. But here's, here's the point. Don't give all of your devotion to something that is temporal and leave nothing for that which is eternal. Amen. That's it. Right? We are designed for devotion. We are fashioned to follow passionately. And our loyalty, first and foremost, belongs to God. Because when we spend more time and we spend more money and we spend more energy and direct our passion towards something above God, that becomes an idol. And God is not pleased with it. Right? I close with this, and I need you to stand. And don't, nobody leaving yet. There's a few things we're going to share with you. We got to give you some information to help you for the rest of the day. So don't leave yet, okay? But I want you to look at Psalm 37 and verse 5 with me. It says, commit everything you do to the Lord. Everything. Give him your time, give him your talent, give him your treasure. Commit it all to him, your family, your finances, your occupation. Commit it all to him. Lord, it all belongs to you. It's yours. Trust him to help you. And he will. And he will. In other words, God will make it happen. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. God will come through. He'll open doors. He'll close doors. He will supply all of our needs. When? When we commit to him. He'll do it when we commit to him. When we are committed to him. When our devotion is directed towards him. The Bible says... God will help us succeed. He's for you and he's not against you. He 
he's for us, he's not, he's for us, not against us. How many of you know it's it's not over until God says it's over? I'm sorry, I'm having to skip around here, so I'm just sharing this last point. Several years ago, as a family, we went to the Indians game. Morgan, Jamie, Brittany, Adam, we were there, and they were down like four or five runs in the eighth inning, and I'm like, okay, let's go. And Morgan's like, no, let's stay to the end. Let's go. Let's just stay. We're already here. And I'm like, no, I want to beat the traffic. I want to beat the crowd. Let's go. So reluctantly, she comes. The rest of them like, yeah, let's get out of here. We'll get out of here. So we're walking. We're almost to our car. And all of a sudden, we hear this eruption come out of the stadium. It's like, what happened? And then all of a sudden, fireworks just start going off. So we get in the car, turn on the radio. Can you believe it? A walk-off homer to win the game. Morgan's like, I told you to stay. <laughs> We missed it. <laughs> yeah, but we beat the crowd. <laughs> I said that to say this. On Friday, it looked over. They took his body off a bloody cross. It's broken, it's battered, it's beaten. It's beyond recognition. And they put him in a tomb. And hell was having a party, one of those all-weekend parties. Hell was having a party, celebrating. But they didn't understand that he had already predicted and prophesied the greatest comeback ever known to man. He said, you destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it again. So while hell is partying, three days later on Sunday, Easter Sunday morning, he got up. He got up. He's alive forevermore. And I just wanted to, I wanted to share that because I just felt in my spirit as I was preparing this week, somebody needed to hear that, that it's not over. Even if it appears to be buried and done, it's not over. You and I serve a God who can take dead things and bring them back to life again. So I don't know who I'm talking to, but it's not over. It's not over. It may look like it, but it's not over. Right? Stay loyal. Stay faithful. You're going to see it come to pass. Amen? You believe that? Well, let's give the Lord praise. Father, right now I ask God if there's somebody in this room that's not serving you, they're not with you, they've walked away from you, They've just quit following. For whatever reason, Lord, it really doesn't matter. But right now, Lord, they've heard the call to come and follow you. They've heard the call in their spirit to pick up their cross and follow you. If you're in this room today, you're backslidden from the Lord or you're not serving Jesus and you want to surrender your heart and your life to him, I want you to lift up your hand right where you're at. Real quick, just lift it up right where you're at. God bless you. Come on, anybody else? God bless you. I see you back here. Anyone else? 
I, I want to follow. I want to become a fan of Jesus. Anybody else? You lifted your hand, you can put it back down. Anybody else? I'm going to pray for those who lifted their hands in a minute. I want to be a fan. I want to be a devoted, passionate follower of Jesus. Anyone else? Just shoot up your hand. Okay, we're going to pray. You ready? Those of you lifted your hands, but let's all pray. Dear Jesus, 